Welcome everyone to your WandaVision podcast by Fantastic Geek, the official, unofficial voice of the Marvel Cinematic Community. My name is Matt and joining me as always is Pete. Hello, Pete. Hello, Matt. Hello, everybody. As 2020 winds down here, thankfully, uh, here today to give you a final preview of WandaVision before the series begins to stream Friday, January 15th. Pete, let's start with the great episode count debate, something that has has know, been risen to full flame in the last week or so. Uh, it had been widely reported that this season, uh, along with Falcon and Winter Soldier, Loki, etc., would have six episodes. However, DisneyLatino.com posted on December 23rd that the show will end its first season on March 5th, which is eight weeks. Uh, as of this recording, that post is still up, uh, available there, of course, in Spanish. Quick Google Translate, there you go, uh, in, uh, in English. Um, we, of course, had inferred in prior podcasts the merits of four weeks off between, between premiere shows, spreading out that subscription and so forth. IMDb still shows six episodes. Uh, do you want to give us your spoiler Pete prediction now, or do you want to hold off until we talk theories, Pete? Let, let's hold off a little bit. Oh, um, so I guess... I feel like a time will tell, of course, but I feel like um, amongst the most fervorous of uh, we Marvel fans and whatnot, I feel like there needs to be some kind of clarification before the show starts, um, just to kind of set expectations properly one way or another. Unless, Pete, this is all part of the mystery that we're supposed to be discussing. I really don't suspect that it is. Uh, I I did see discussion online that decisions like this are made just to keep us discussing it on social media which i I, i'm a i disagree a bit as well but pete let's move on to showrunner jack schaefer uh what can you tell us about her background so interesting background to say the least this is somebody who wrote and directed her debut with a science fiction slash romance short timer in 2009 um there was a uh, another short in 2011 called Mr. Stash. That's evocative. Um, and then nothing between that and writing Olaf's Frozen Adventure, which Matt is a massive fan of uh, when he's not doing the Trolls podcast. Um, he does... He does an underground. It's it's strange, guys. He does an <laughs> under. Don't laugh at your own creations, Matt. That I'm finally bringing to light. So, Matt has an alter ego, and I won't spoil his alter ego. But he has an alter ego. Uh, it's the Frozen Fight Club podcast, and um, he he podcasts all about the Frozen universe. <laughs> Uh, Pete, one thing that you said is true, uh, in that I hold the 2017, uh, short Olaf's Rose Adventure, I hold it in pretty high regard. Uh, see, see, he didn't deny it. <clears throat> he didn't deny, uh, the Frozen Fight Club podcast. Uh, I, I and he won't let me be on, just like the Trolls <laughs> Universe podcast. Uh, I officially deny everything else. Um, it is interesting. I mean, I mean, it's a really great, um, 
It's a really great short. I think there are songs in it that are better. Most of the songs in The Lost Frozen Adventure are better than the songs in Frozen 2. None of these are denials, but continue. <laughs> Which is, it's it's interesting in terms of us understanding Jack Schaefer's uh, background and her, her uh, you know, kind of professional resume and all that. Obviously, the backbone of an you know of a frozen uh, short is not necessarily the story. It's how to get from song to song to song, um, written by the uh, the Oscar winning uh, songwriters. So that's not to take away from the story of it. But if you sit and go to your you know to your uh, songwriters and say uh, we need six uh, frozen Christmas songs, uh, holiday stuff, okay, then in my mind you kind of stitch a story together from there but pete what does what else does she have for uh, for storytelling cred then bounces from that to captain marvel and black widow and now producing creating writing wandavision so i mean screenwriting is screenwriting but that's just a little bit of a leap in terms of genre in terms of the weight of those particular projects. And again, not as if a frozen short doesn't carry uh, some kind of prestige. Um, but these these jaunty things that she started with, and I think here on, on WandaVision, I think it's a mix of everything she's done. And if anything, we know that Kevin Feige really, really picks quality people um to run these projects um and that scott buck would have never ever gotten anywhere near anything that kevin feige um yeah you of course refer to the showrunner for uh uh what was that season two of iron fist no season one the season two guy it was an improvement he just get the run of the stick yes uh it didn't didn't Buck also do? I literally cannot remember the name of the show. I can see. Uh, yeah, you can. I can see Anson Mount. I can see the red-haired lady. I can see the dog. There's a block in my brain that won't let me remember. The dog was like the third best thing. Um, yeah. So uh, Scott Buck, um, Iron Fist season one gets hired away from Iron Fist to go run Inhumans, and. <laughs> Inhumans that at one point was slated for Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, screen offering. So, yeah, but let's let's agree that Kevin Feige knows what he is doing um, and that uh, Jack Schaefer, uh, the the mix of the 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 jaunty TV genres and the the Marvel comic cred uh is, is gonna work out with this first highly unique uh offering to disney plus yeah and that kind of was my takeaway as well as i dug into her resume first i started on wikipedia and it was a bit bare as can sometimes uh, be the case so i was like all right to imdb we go and then it was like wait, I don't understand how you break into the business in 2009, followed up with a short two years later, that whole part I get, but then off the radar entirely, there's no producer cred. Uh, Who knows credits. what kind of assistant stuff perhaps we were doing and, you know, not writing rooms per se, but, you know, 
could she have been punching up some projects or what have you, you know, in, in an industry so dependent on relationships, it's not really surprising a trajectory like this. Um, I mean, we haven't seen Black Widow, um, but, you know, th- this is this is somebody clearly capable of, of running um, a single season limited series for Marvel. And I suspect as well, somebody who can play within the system as well. Uh, she's one of four uh, writers for Captain Marvel. She's one of three writers for Black Widow. My yeah. understanding is she did the first draft and then that was uh i read on one news report or another that was taken away from her given to somebody else it was then taken away from him and given to a third person so that's not to necessarily say oh she can't write a script by herself just sometimes the boss wants something different uh and the through line there for you know captain marvel and black widow being uh, as you said before pete kevin feige so whatever it is i mean you didn't hear her have a stink or you know wga fight or something like that so the ability to now you know to, to go from those more recent writing things to producing creating and writing um wandavision it's if nothing else pete it's a it's a new talent and somebody that's operating uh and has continued to operate under the marvel studios banner for for several years now and who knows what it leads to in terms of you know, what comes next, because as we understand these, these are not written to be seasons that will continue, that you're going to get a slice of a story and then we're going to move on to the next show, the next offering Um, and not necessarily dependent much like with the films that you've seen the other one, but they will build upon one another. And when you look at the show's influences and this unique idea i mean we talked last time about the uh, entertainment weekly monthly article and you know that kevin feige was watching a lot of you know we tv middletown new jersey in the house um and you know using those as the influences i mean he was using it to decompress but what do you know it winds up in the work yeah and Pete, before this rumor of the eight episodes, which I, it's only that one data point that it's eight episodes, I should mention, by the way, so I don't think that's, it's kind of, uh, it's not even as neutral as, uh, frankly, as it says on Wikipedia right now, six or eight episodes. I think that's a true statement, but the one data point being, did, you know, Disney Latino spill the beans early, or did it just get the info wrong? Um, But if it's only six episodes, to my mind, that gives us the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and 2000s. Uh, clearly, there's an I Love Lucy and that era influence on what I think we widely assume is the pilot episode. We've seen some Brady Bunch-style stuff in there from the 70s. Um, ditto on kind of the Full House feel for the 80s. Uh, rounding things out. Pete, and just trying to figure out what could a 60s influence be, I would imagine at a certain point, I even imagine, I know we're going to go from black and white to color. Uh, that makes me think of Bewitched that in the 60s did just that. Uh, I think after about three seasons, switched to color. Uh, and then maybe fast forward to the 90s. I don't know that there's necessarily a visual aesthetic to Friends, but that was obviously the biggest 90s. It was the hair, Matt. It was the one with the hair. <laughs> 
It would be funny if episode, what would that be? If episode five of six is called, you know, the one with the whatever. And it's the one with the hair. That's your 90s. Um, And last but not least, I know for sure that reference has been made to having for for some of the later episodes for the later the last episode or later episodes having that style of the office where it looks like it's a scripted uh or you know it's a it's a scripted comedy but it looks like it's a docu-series a lot of look at the camera and shrug stuff like that so uh, i don't know i feel like that's quite a trajectory for the show to be on to be going through all those decades in six or more episodes yeah but i think with the story that they're trying to tell something we've really not seen before on a format where, you know, anything could potentially go yet trying to make it feel like TV. I think this is just a little bit of confluence of serendipity that it happens this way. Particularly, like, I don't know, the, the notion that the return of Marvel Studios, albeit with the the unfortunate and the unplanned uh, timeout courtesy of COVID-19, which hopefully we're, you know, day by day getting closer to really turning the corner with. Uh, but the notion that on January 15th, the big return of Marvel Studios is going to be to watch a half hour black and white episode. Um, I would imagine probably before the end of that, we get some sort of notion that things are not as they seem, um, which of course we're getting plenty of from the, uh, from the previews, maybe splashes of color or some of these kind of staticky interruptions that we've seen uh, in the trailers. But by and large, you know, it's going to be a three camera live before a studio audience, black and white episode. At least that's my expectation for that first episode. Have you noticed on the posters, there's a poster for every kind of era. Um, On the wall, there's always a part, it's the same part peeling off with like weirdness behind it. Um, I guess I haven't kept track of the weirdness, but I've, I've, I've seen some of that discussion um, there. What's interesting is I, how do I put this? I think because the show is in a slightly weird place in terms of um, marketing, like Disney Plus is doing, by and large, one show at a time, so the focus has been Mandalorian. Also, because the entire industry is somewhat out of sync, just in terms of, well, where is the best place for a WandaVision trailer? Is it attached to the big Disney Christmas release at the movies? Oh, no, that's not a thing. Um it's just interesting. My point being, Pete, I don't know if are we supposed to be having more and more poster theories here as it as it peels down? Is there stuff in there where there's supposed to be people on Reddit decoding it and shifting the colors around? And maybe that's <laughs> that's not happening because excitement is high, but it's not through the roof because they're not, you know, you, you know, what I'm saying they're not capturing it at the big whatever like you know i'm sure there's gonna be wandavision trailers for dick clark's new year's rock and eve but less people are just gonna watch it because it's gonna be different this year and, and things like that so uh, I, yeah I'm... this this show is ready to pop and you know our excitement in covering that having done every single marvel show in i guess we gotta call it the old marvel you know i've joked around like it's the rocks on uh universe um but 
yeah, I, I just think this thing is, is primed to pop. Um, people know that it's coming. I, I think people are still kind of, you know, wait, 2020 will end and there will be this whole new year and there will be things that happen in that year that are, that are worth getting excited about. Um, so yeah, to think that we're a little more than two weeks out and, and be watching this, um, but, you know, yeah, check out the posters if you haven't with the with the different looks. And, you know, I, I think there's there's definitely more going on beneath the surface. Well, let's talk some theories, Pete, particularly since I think they've done a good job getting differentiated trailers out there. They've kind of now stopped numbering them. I know the latest one is called the reality trailer. Um, and there's a lot that's similar between each one. Like, again, it's kind of this rock and a hard place of creating buzz in a in an exhausted world that isn't necessary i mean we're all watching a ton of tv and whatnot but it's not that kind of prime time viewing thing or that opening weekend for a movie but but anyhow with theories pete now the time has come where do you think the great episode count debate ends up six (laughs) (laughs) because the other shows are six and nobody else has anything remotely different other than this site so if it's not a typo or somebody reading tea leaves that really aren't there yeah i don't see them going past six i i don't see that one would have more than the others don't may here here's something that just pops into my head pete maybe the extra two weeks as as you are proposing misinterpreted um maybe that's like a two-parter disney gallery wandavision behind the scenes kind of thing that i mean that I mean, would be that, a way to solve yeah far more plausible to me than hey covid here's two additional episodes i know they did finish filming the season um after a prolonged uh they, they did have a pause absolutely yeah so i mean on the one hand i wouldn't rule it out on the flip side the notion what the notion that they did two more sitcom style episodes uh i i could see that maybe like everybody really know your lines we're gonna film without a studio audience we're gonna hit it in this three-sided set but kind of pete my expectation is by the end of this season we've busted out of the sitcom thing and we're going to talk about what it is where they are etc in a moment but kind of my expectation is the last Mm, the last 20 minutes of this season are full-on MCU, no ambiguity, no dream world, no magic world, no whatever, no alternate dimension. Like, it's a full-on Marvel movie. It's the first 20 minutes of the next Marvel movie story. And we get that with unabashed power, not, oh man, we're back to, it's going to be more, you know, Jim in the office looking at the camera and going, shrug? But... I guess and that's we'll the really exciting thing about podcasting it too, is getting to have the discussion with you all in terms of what well, what is going on here and what does it all mean and where is it headed? Well, and on that topic, Pete, uh, I know I try and run spoiler free, but it's been said enough in the trailers, you know, welcome to Westview. Pete, where is Westview? Westview is some generic Orange County-esque <laughs> area <laughs> for, for certain. 
Well, so are you committing to... Is is Westview a place on the globe in, uh, of course, you know, MCU Earth? You know, is it... Are they in a physical place? Is this some sort of... Um, hologram is it some sort of alternate magical realm is another dimension other than mcu earth etc like like the world of tv matt and and where tv is largely created i i think it's a bubble okay uh is wanda there by choice and grief or is she trapped there that i can't quite put my finger on i would lead more to grief or some kind of uh coping mechanism to kind of make sense of everything that happened i mean that that wanda is i mean you consider not even well so five years as a as a character in the films um but you know being an Avenger since 2016, since Civil War, and coming increasingly into her abilities, the dust-ups with uh, Thanos, all of that, what she's been put through, and I think we're still scratching the surface of, of what she can do. So, um, yeah, I, I think there's there's more to be glimpsed. Pete, do you think that by the end of this season, a, a single cohesive big bad uh, person, as opposed to you know big bad grief, uh, do you think there'll be a big bad villain that has intersected with Wanda and the returned Vision? Being the first uh, Marvel Studios TV outing, we don't really know how their how their shows are going to set up and how similar they might be to what we've seen before or even one another so i just don't know they've they've kept a really good not not a not a mandalorian type of lid on this uh but pretty good nonetheless well i think that that brings into question the way that the trailers have unfolded yes there's been multiple ones um but have they taken a a a page from the mandalorian season one playbook which is have footage from all your episodes in it have they taken a page from mandalorian season two where it was just i, be, I believe pete just the first three episodes four first four. four um so to kind of uh, you know what i was thinking pete eight for mandalorian uh mm-hmm. six for for you know but point being it's the first half um i know that in the trailers we've seen katherine han has had plenty of screen time in them um initially pete i had written down what about randall parks jimmy woo update pete he's in about half a second of the latest the reality trailer the latest one um and nothing of uh of cat dennings and her character of darcy lewis um what do you make of that pete that we've seen so little of the uh the other kind of famous faces in the show they're not really the ones that are going to launch this for a, a network that though a little over a year old really has one tv show that people watch and not really a destination i mean listen all the all the disney content and all that but you know what this year is going to establish more so that's going to make the relative absence of star wars until 
December 2021, other than the bad batch in the spring, palatable is this run through the spring we're going to have with these Marvel shows, with WandaVision, with Falcon and the Winter Soldier, with Loki. And uh, yeah, you you don't build it with you know, all, all deference to those other characters. And yes, you know, two of the three coming over from, you know, the films, but, you know, it, it's not launching a network. It's not launching, you know, a brand on a network. It appears from the trailers that Tiana Paris's Monica Rambeau um, perhaps first shows up in the 1970s episode. Do you think that's the case or is that another screwball that they've thrown our way? I just don't know with that one uh, why you would potentially tip your hand in the advertising for something that we've seen so little of and the possibilities with this particular show being as out there as they are. Pete, can you think of a common thread between those returning characters? Jimmy Woo from Ant-Man member of the FBI, West Coast person, Darcy Lewis from the Thor movies, Culver University is in Virginia slash West Virginia, obviously more East Coast, Monica Rambeau, who even knows in the 2020s where she is prior to the the potentially bent reality of this show. Is there something that jumps out at you that the three of them must have in common? I mean, not a line that you could draw straight through all three of them, but the concept of space and alternate realities, I mean, brushing up against Ant-Man and the, the quantum universe for Wu, how much of those adventures is he privy to? I mean, Darcy, obviously with Thor and then Monica with Captain Marvel. So, uh, you know, how, how into that will they get in a in a TV show that is using the convention of TV and the comfortability of those stories? I mean, geez, I was reading an article today about, um, you know, comfort watching series you've seen already and how it's good for your soul. <laughs> um, and it's funny, you know, it's, it's taken 2020 for us to uh, to realize that instead of oh, I'm just watching the same old thing again um, to, to see it as a, as a positive and not necessarily as a negative that you're, you're running in place that you're not moving forward, treading over old grounds. But, you know, with, with favorites, with these things we grew up with so many of us, um, you know, to be able to play around with them and, the the technical expertise that's what i'm really uh you know astounded by the links they've gone when we talked in the previous podcast about doing that you know studio audiences and the special effects and things like that so we know that wanda will go on to play a role in doctor strange and the multiverse of madness we know that there's a multiverse connection to the still untitled spider home 3 which Pete, as of this recording, is now going to be out in less than a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's your opportunity to have a big spoiler, Pete, line in the sand. You know, you, <laughs> you've called you've called other things way early in the past and and gotten 
uh, got in the center of the uh, the bullseye there. Any other crazy theories? Does the internet explode at the end of one of these episodes with a recast Wolverine cameo? Do we yeah. have Deadpool drop by? Charles Xavier, Reed Richards, any of those things in the offing for these six episodes? I don't think there's a, a landmark return like that just yet. I, I think that they've very clearly set things up moving forward with the way that what happens here spreads into their film universe. And I think that was always the design. So not something like, Oh, we're going to try this for the the first time. No, they they've done this. They they've done it repeatedly, you know, despite the fact that there are now people that insist that, well, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is not part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. No, it, it was and it, it still is. They they splintered off in their own direction. But it's all the same stories. Um, this curious idea has really uh, gotten louder in, in recent weeks. Thanks, people who also watch Star Wars, but hate themselves that you can decanonize portions of stories matt have you heard this uh i i have and i feel like it's weird that it's weird that that it's weird that there's portions of multiple fandoms star trek star wars marvel uh which you know there's a lot of overlap there but sometimes they're also unique fandoms but it's it's weird that those fandoms and others have said the solution to me not liking some of these stories is I need Papa Bear or Mama Bear at the company to officially tell me that these stories don't count. As opposed to, Pete, like, I lived and breathed the first, I believe, four seasons of Smallville. Uh, In the fifth season where they made some changes, probably with the intention of evolving the show, swapped in some new characters, changed the setup slightly... It just didn't land for me. Pete, I just kind of stopped watching Smallville. And maybe I missed out on some great stuff. Or maybe that was the time for me to get off the train for the show I wanted. But I'm not here all these years later to say I need the CW to decanonize seasons 5 through 11 or whatever it is with Smallville. Just hop off anytime you want. Like, where has that ever been done? Where has... Has someone in a connected universe said, whoa, wait, 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 these now do not count. I'm not talking about, and it was a dream all along. I'm talking about, we have decided that this no longer counts. Like with the Star Wars connection, it's, it's akin to what they did with existing novels prior to the, uh, the purchase, uh, the sale to Disney. And saying, well, these are legends and and this stuff, you know, is, is part of the, the film and now TV universe. And I just think it's it's silly, like why you would be like that um, when you rob yourself of, you know, the, the content, the lore, the mythology. Um, and I still not convinced you're not going to see characters from those in some way, shape, or form in the future. Uh, so, so to be like that, and you know, 
it'll be interesting too, Matt. Like, will this be looked at? Well, this is their way to like reboot things and to to get away from them. It it's not. <laughs> They're telling a story in a connected universe. You have me thinking, Pete. Maybe this is a podcast or another time. You have me wondering if the all the people like I remember in the early 2000s you know a friend from high school you know after some time away for college blah 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 we kind of you know reconnected a little bit and I remember like driving him home after a night of you know of of hanging out have you kept up with the Star Wars novels no bro I haven't and then just like a five-minute oration on his part about Jason and Jaina Solo the twins that Han Solo and Princess Leia had and me just kind of partway through being like yeah, I don't really care about that. like this. This this is not important to me. Um, I wonder if you have fans that were just you know Jason and Jaina to the core, and you know I'm I'm cosplaying as Mara Jade and so on and so forth. Maybe there was some sort of quasi original sin uh, that they felt was thrust upon them by Disney decanonizing many Star Wars stuff that I think for for for. 90% of the fandom, it was just kind of like, oh, no big deal. Those comics don't exist anymore as like an official thing. Whatever. Uh, where, where are my new Star Wars movies at? You know? Um, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe, like I said, Pete, maybe that's a that, that's a psychological deep dive for, uh, for another time. Bringing it squarely back to WandaVision, it being a Marvel property, and it being Pete in the shadow of... Mandalorian season two and the secret scene at the end of Mandalorian season two, uh, Pete at the end of WandaVision is, should you keep watching when the credits start at the, for episode one Oh six? I initially missed the, uh, secret scene in Mandalorian. Cause it's the first time we'd ever gotten one in star Wars. So I have been conditioned as a, uh, Marvel uh, fan to to stay through the end. I mean, not for TV. We've we've never seen that for for TV. Uh, we, we've definitely had cliffhangers. Uh, Iron Fist season two. Looking at you, uh, Agent Carter season two. I'm looking at you. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna look at the end of the file and uh, make sure I'm not missing anything because we know that's a possibility here. I know there was somebody on Twitter, maybe it was Mike Sorensen, I don't remember, and I'm looking through now, um, but there was somebody who said, uh, at the end of Mandalorian 208, when um, when the credits, di- or, or when the, the box didn't pop up to say, here's the next thing to watch, which of course mm-hmm. would not be the next episode, but it would be you know something connected, watch a Star Wars movie, or whatever it is, when that didn't pop up, he knew something was up. Um, so if nothing else, Pete, let's see, assuming that WandaVision goes to six episodes on Friday, February 19th, when you watch episode 106, uh, don't, don't stop watching until maybe they get to the, the, the dubbing people, you know, in France, here's the voice cast and in, you know, uh, Latin America, here's the voice cast, et cetera. I think at that point you're clear. Yeah. You're in the clear, but before that stay to the end. It's going to be interesting to run times like that was such a big discussion with Mandalorian like, oh, it's only 32 minutes. I remember with with Matt uh, chatting, texting with him that people were in an uproar about chapter 14, the tragedy. It's only 32 minutes. I mean, it's just an explosive 
32 minutes, a 19-page script that got stretched even further for its betterment. And it's going to be interesting to see how these episodes clock in. Pete, we want to give thanks not just to those who support us on patreon.com slash fantastic geek, but we had run a poll there that was open to patrons and non-patron, uh, non-patrons alike, um, trying to get some feedback. What would the best day be for us to be podcasting the show? I want to give a shout out uh, to, there, there was a response on Twitter from, from our good pal, Bob Keeley, who said, whatever day works best for you guys. Thank you for doing the podcast, which which was incredibly sweet, uh, particularly in this in this challenging year where I think all of us, whether it's our fandoms or our podcasts or our online connections or whatever, we're, we're closer to geographic strangers than ever. But um, you know, if nothing else, Pete, it's a great reminder that most of the things that we post on Patreon are patrons only, but there are some some freebies there, and it's always worth taking a peek. Yeah, and what's been really nice. Uh, universally is to hear responses like whenever you guys get it to us I, I can't wait to hear it and whenever you get it to us would be great don't don't burn out uh, just for me I mean listen uh, going into uh, an, an eighth calendar year if we haven't burned out at this point I mean it, it's not going to happen right well I would agree with that. And also, Pete, by my reckoning, short of short of some breaking news, side note, let me make the prediction. Uh, tomorrow is when Marvel will clarify that it's six episodes, not eight, yes. or it's eight, yep. not six. Yeah. Um, but this being our last podcast of 2020, first of all, we first, made it, Pete. First, first, well, we made it, number one. Or did we? Uh, two, the first year in Fantastic Geek history, we have fewer episodes than the previous year. Uh I just don't know if we could have done more than 185 <laughs> podcasts that we did last year. And granted, there was so much more going on. Um, but I, I feel like it's time. I mean, the thing that we started with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has wrapped up seven years, you know, and, and that wound up being the Marvel thing for the year. And I, I think there's a great degree of symmetry there and now this new thing starting i mean i would have preferred christmas day they had soul uh in the chamber they they did the mandalorian season two gallery as well okay two weeks and and then we're gonna hit this and uh looks to be a really fun ride on top of the way that it dovetails into two other shows in a very short span of time and hopefully enough vaccinations so that, you know, we can see Black Widow in the theater. If not, really hoping I get a chance to not have that backed up again in a year that's going to have four movies on top of four or five shows-ish. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, just looking at the schedule now, and, and we'll get to the podcast day in a moment, but for 2020, uh, pardon me, 2021, WandaVision... Uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, Loki, that's three. Um, Ms. Marvel is four, although I did read a thing on The Hollywood Reporter that didn't make reference to it coming out this year. So I, I think there's some question, do Ms. Marvel and Hawkeye both come out this year? Uh, I believe Feige has said they both will. I'm not quite sure of the timing there. So I think that's five shows by my count, three, yeah. four, five. I think they're they're still looking. And, and listen, there, there are renewed calls, obviously, given the state of things in 
America in terms of COVID-19 and this new variant now that they're very worried about. I mean, they're guarding a nursing home where it is, the National Guard is, so they're, they're very clearly concerned. But there are renewed calls in Los Angeles to pause filming. And, you know, the, the whole thing has been meeting out the content that you had, getting work done in uh, environments where you can maintain protocols and do so safely. And, you know... <laughs> the idea that you would overextend yourself and put yourself in harm's way. I mean, we've not heard knock on wood, any outbreaks linked to uh, a production. Um, and I know, you know, from speaking to people in the industry, the, the COVID compliance officers on those sets, they are really, really rigid. And, you know, they undoubtedly have saved illness and probably lives. But, you know, things have to be done properly. So, you know, some of these productions are outside of Los Angeles. Some of them are, are not. And then you're talking about post-production there as well. So, yeah, you got to be safe and, uh, yeah, better safe than sorry when it comes to this stuff. You know, sorry, you're not going to get, you know, four shows in 2021. We were producing these under pandemic circumstances. Well, Pete, we we uh, got on a little COVID uh, sidetrack there, but to get back to the topic of when we will be podcasting WandaVision, uh, listeners, you can look out for those episodes on Sundays uh, if you're getting us feedback, especially uh, you know if it's if it's audio feedback like our pal Fred in the Netherlands. Pete, I hope he's not secretly the villain of this. That would be quite a reveal. <laughs> um, so, like. End of the day Saturday or first thing Sunday morning, we can kind of keep it general like that, um, would uh, would suit us just fine for us to be able to get those episodes out uh, during the day on Sundays. Absolutely. And you'll have them. They'll be up. Keep that uh, conversation going. Again, Fantastic Geek, you know, really aiming to provide the water cooler for you, um, particularly the way that Disney has chosen to go with the weekly model. Pete, how could people be in touch with you to share their theories as to where Westview is? You can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, 11,734 followers. Can't be wrong. And while I'm personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost, do be in touch with the podcast. Comment on FantasticGeek.com. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, Gmail, where we are Fantastic Geek as well. But wait, Pete, there's more. Facebook.com slash Fantastic Geek. All one word with the P and the H. Like it today. For those listening on the Pop Culture Podcast feed, we'll be back uh, on Saturday to talk Discovery Episode 312, the 800th episode of Star Trek, and our first podcast of the new year uh if you're here for wandavision pete barring breaking earth shattering news will next be back on january 17th the sunday to talk that first episode of wandavision with that i will say adios to all our listeners and give you the final word talk to you soon i love lucy is a desi lu production lucille ball and desi arnaz will be back next week at this same time